Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to do our favorite book-to-movie adaptations. We're going to be kind of loose with this. Uh, If you have read the book before and then you have something to base your movie love for, that's great. However, if you simply know it's a classic novel or was once a novel and then became a book, that's fine too. So we're going to be very loose with this, but we're going to try to come up with our favorite book-to-movie adaptations. And so I don't really have a top list at all. I just have a list of movies, so I'll just kind of run through them fairly quickly. Uh, One is Moneyball. I mentioned this is one of my favorite sports movies, but I love the book. I really love the inner workings um, of a baseball team and how the general manager and owner works. But I never really thought it would be a great movie just because there was too many kind of business details. However, they turned it into a really engaging and fun movie. And even though there wasn't a ton of baseball action, it still worked. Another really good movie um, that was a famous John Grisham book is The Firm. And arguably, the movie is a little bit better than the book. And most John Grisham books are very good. Tom Cruise is in the role. Gene Hackman is there as well. And anything with Gene Hackman, I'm going to check out. To Kill a Mockingbird course famous Harper Lee novel uh, one of the most famous books of all time it is an absolute classic and arguably the movie is almost as good as the book with Gregory Peck Stand By Me uh, Stand By Me is based on a short story by Stephen King and it kind of you know the 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 short story was called The Body, and that is the basis for the movie, but there were so many other things going on, um, you know, the friendships between the kids, like River Phoenix, and, uh, God, I can't remember, Jerry O'Connell, and Corey Feldman, and of course, I can't remember the main character's name now, but that's okay, it'll come to me. You can message us on Facebook when we post this, how about that? All right, another Stephen King um, book, it might have been a short story, uh, is Shawshank Redemption one of the best movies of all time. The next one, uh, this one my dad had mentioned, and I actually love this movie. I haven't actually read the book, but it is Absolute Power. Uh, Stephen Baldacci uh, wrote the book, but the movie stars Gene Hackman and Clint Eastwood. Gene Hackman is a, he's a politician that basically kills this woman after a night of rough sex. What he doesn't realize is that Clint Eastwood is actually robbing him because Clint Eastwood's a jewel thief and can see everything in the safe because there's a one-way mirror going or a two-way mirror, that is. Anyway, so Clint Eastwood sees what's going on, catches the murder, and is kind of in a quandary because he's committed this robbery, but he's also seen a murder. Anyway, those are some of my favorite book-to-movie adaptations, and let's hear what everyone else has to think in this week's episode. Okay, for this week's episode, we're doing favorite book-to-movie adaptations with Sarah. Because reading is fundamental. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, she laughs. Oh, I, I, I was just thinking about the uh, Out of Sight movie where Don Chidel says, is reading is fundamental and shit. He's like, because he's like in the, the prison library or whatever. But yeah, anyway, I digress. Uh, you, you're probably going to have more than you have on the list now. I but know. Yeah. I always remember stuff later. And it's a curse. Mm-hmm, it yeah. is. It's pretty much mm-hmm. so. Um, the one of the ones that stuck out when I thought it, it's you know the first book that I ever read that um, was actually a couple of things. I was on a plane going to North Carolina, nice. probably like twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an experience that 
I'll have to describe. Have you been back to North Carolina since? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Let me just tell you. And I, there's North Carolina, and then I was in the Lodi of North Carolina. Nice. It was <laughs> the Lodi. like I was at a wedding for like a military friend, whatever. They mm. had like bathtub gin that they offered me, and I'm like, I'm not drinking anything you run your tractors <laughs> off of. Like, I had way too much style. My mm. friend was Filipino, and they're like, what are you? Are you Mexican? And we're like, oh, my God, get us <laughs> out of here. Like, we went to an American Legion bar, and oh, we're no. like, do you have a Cosmo? They're all, we have Bud and Bud. <laughs> all, okay. Well, we're going to get rolled. It's like when yeah. the Simpsons asked for Duff, and they're like in the Redneck bar, and they're like, we don't serve Duff, we serve FUD. Oh, so, right. Yeah, no, yeah. this was like, it was crazy that you could smoke inside yeah. in like these all-you-can-eat buffets, mm-hmm. and it was like, I'm all, is that chicken? They're all, I think it's pudding. I'm all, don't eat it. <laughs> don't eat it. Whatever it is. It was crazy, and people had like four plates, and they're smoking, and they're eating. I was like, I'm in the Twilight Zone. Get me out of here. Anyway, so. On I, my, I love how we're going to wrap this all back. Oh my God, into, this, yeah. is, this is, this yeah. is, I want everyone to know where my mindset was. Sure. So, as I'm at the airport, going to be coming back. Um, I think I might have had a book that I pretended I was going to read or magazines or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went into the, you know, they're not bookstores so much anymore, but I went into, yeah. you know, the airport bookstore and I bought, it was Hannibal. And mm-hmm. I think I must have at that time already seen Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Because oh, it yeah. came out in the 89 mm-hmm. or something. So I'm like, hmm, all right, let me try that. And I, I was, you know, 24 at this time. It was like, I don't think there was a whole lot of reading for enjoyment. It was like, it's drinking for enjoyment right. and not re- and school stuff, right? So I got so into it. And it was the first time I read a book that was actually like a horror kind of scary, like right. graphic. And mm-hmm. I I remember like reading it, coming home and like total like in bed reading it, just going. It was, Come put like, it down. Yeah, it was the mm-hmm. first time I really was like sucked into a book that wasn't required for mm-hmm. an educational purpose or whatever. And then saw the movie and the movie was like. It was, to, it was great. It, to, mm-hmm. it didn't, I didn't have any like, uh, disappointments, right? Yeah. Um, one, because Gary Oldman was in it and yeah. he plays just a great freaking fucked up freak. So did it hold true to the book? It did. Okay. I mean, there was a little like, you know, anything and now thinking of it, it's like any like little bit of discrepancies, I think were either as some, as somebody who's 24 and reading, you kind of tune out and miss a couple sure. things here and there. And, you know, the movie, it just, they kept pretty, you know, it was pretty on point. Anything that, anything that they missed in my head, I still kind of remembered it and it was good enough. Like if mm-hmm. I hadn't read the book, it would still be good. So, right. um, yeah, and Ray Liotta was great. Mm-hmm. And it was, it just, I was really like, I was kind of proud of myself. <laughs> I'm like, I read this book. Right. I read the shit on this and now I'm watching the movie. It was like the cliff notes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I'm, yeah, I just felt so very So you like the book so much that it didn't bother you that Clarice was played by Joanne Moore instead of Jodie Foster? No, I actually think, I think I like Julianne Moore better than wow. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, something about her bothers me a little bit. I mean, I could take her or leave her. Like, sure. But she's not getting a Christmas card or anything. <laughs> um, Julianne Moore is just kind of, I don't know, she's a little bit hotter and just kind mm-hmm. of, she, they, she both, they both played that sterile kind of whatever, but yeah. I think, like, if I'm, like, to be honest, like, I, I would rather make out with Julianne Moore. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why I didn't like <laughs> watching her. <laughs> awesome. Something that, maybe because I know Julianne Moore doesn't like girls and Jodie Foster does, so it's a different show. That's anyway, probably, yeah. That's and, I don't know. Maybe it was even the era. Like, Jodie Foster, she's so frumpy. In the, she was. You know, yeah. she's a little bit frumpy. And so, I don't know. Or uptight. She seemed more uptight, but maybe that's what the character called I wonder if Boogie Nights had already come out at this time, so maybe that's why Julianne Moore had a more of a... That's a good point. I yeah. That's, anyway, know. I just like her. She's good. So, yeah. And and the role was kind of... It wasn't about that character as much as it was Hannibal. Sure. And, which is why it's Right, and his yeah. history, and then the mm-hmm. doctor. It just it kind of gave you an idea, a better idea of why he was so whacked. Mm-hmm. So 
that's that that's was one point. of my yeah it was a, I really liked it. and then another one I I remember reading it was a good it was um catch me if you can yeah and that one. was good because that was that was a true story which I'm all about true stories yeah. and it's amazing the fucking abilities to be such a con artist I like, know. I pride myself on being able to lie on the fly. Like, it's a great skill like, yeah. for Vegas. Yeah. Or if you're at a bar and your friend's on a date and you're like, oh, God, I have to dig bones with this ugly freaking weirdo. <laughs> so We're saying that you like my podcast? No, I love the podcast. Okay. Cool, I'm on you. the podcast. What would that say about me? <laughs> I don't know. You are. Right? So, yeah. so generally, like, if, you're, if I'm <laughs> – like, I have some – Anyway, I'm just really good at coming up, making up stuff. I was a very creative kid, so I appreciated Catch Me If You Can. Sure. Because he, I mean, but that's got to be nerve-wracking. Like, hi, I'm delivering a baby, right. and I don't know, I'm not, you know, that was pretty pretty impressive. I don't know if you could have pulled it off nowadays with all the technology. Oh, no, there's yeah. no way, especially yeah. not the airplane shit. Right. Oh, so, no way. So, yeah. you know, and then Tom Hanks is good, and he always kind of, he kind of, that's his typical, like, bread and butter kind of guy. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, he never really plays a bad guy. No, yeah. and that's really upsetting, because yeah. you know what? But Christopher Walken is excellent oh, as the dad. Oh, God, I love him. Yeah. He's good. And I don't know if I've ever seen him in something I don't like. I just yeah. saw some weird 80s movie with him, too, like Zone, something. Mm -hmm. No, anyway. So, Amy but that's Adams, a, I think, has her movie debut in that, too. That's she, She's the, 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 the wife North Carolina girl. Oh, my God. Did she drink moonshine from the bathtub? She like might have. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are mine. I those are awesome. Yeah. All right. Reading is, reading is great, kids. <laughs> Hugs, not drugs. <laughs> All right. We got Stephanie and Lindley back. My parents' absolute favorite dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> Your show of just you guys doing romance movies a big hit. It got a oh, ton of downloads. Oh, so shucks. I'm glad to have you. It did. Was it just your parents? <laughs> or your guys' <laughs> family. Yeah. I don't know. Shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Davis. Sorry. They won't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but literally, my mom came home and said, those two, I want, I want to join that group because they are just. Come on, drinks with us. Let's, let's talk she, romance movies. Okay, mom, you have an official invite. Please do. <laughs> All right, for this week, we're going to do favorite book to movie movie adaptations, mm -hmm. and so I think you guys have a you guys always work well off each other. So first, I'll start with Stephanie, and then we'll just ping pong. Yeah, no, for me, you know, top five greatest films of my whole life. One of them is Sense and Sensibility, Emma Thompson's um, version, and that film is perfect mm -hmm. i think it's perfect from the opening to the close it's it's beautifully done it's i think in some ways better than the book which i know is like yeah, <gasps> nothing's yeah. better than austin but it, it is it's so beautiful and that relationship between emma thompson and kate winslet um as you know the two sisters it's just oh it's so good and and snape uh alan rick alan rickman yeah is in that and oh my gosh yeah i love every frame of that film so that's one of the few where you actually almost enjoy the movie better than the book yeah and oh and, and uh, hugh grant's in it too that's right yeah. and he's perfect in it yeah there's so many yeah that, that that was amazing. That's good. Okay, let's go to women. Yeah, I had a whole category for those yeah. those sense and sensibility type movies. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. I always enjoy those. I also really love the books as well. Yeah. So I would say like the chit, the classic Chitlick, right? Like mm -hmm. Pride and Prejudice yeah. and um... <laughs> Chitlick, Chitlick, Chitlick. Chit 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 what did I say? Chitlick, Chitlick. I was thinking of Chitlick the gum and then Chitlick, which is something else entirely. So like the the House of Birds. I could watch those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All, wait, wait. Yeah. I missed that entirely. I, I mean, was all, focused just on that chitlick. whole, that whole chitlick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> chitlick. Chick lit yeah. of the Perfect. 19th century, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I really love those. I'll even, I mean, I even like the, uh, 
what is that masterpiece theater uh, oh, yeah. adaptations of yeah. them? So, but I also love reading the books as well. I'm really looking forward to actually. Um, I've read Little Women to my daughter, but I'm looking forward to um, Pride, like doing Pride and Prejudice. I think mm-hmm. next. I think oh. she's ready for that one. So, which version, movie version of Little Women do you like? Yeah, there's which, a lot. So. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. I mean, I liked the Winona Ryder one mm-hmm. was fine. The most recent I did one. watch the old one. That's a little bit harder to watch with an 11 year old. We have to yeah. get into like the 80s and 90s. That's true. Before you can. But Elizabeth Taylor, I think, was in that, right? The, one of the versions uh, of Little Women. Possibly was she? Yeah, I, I would have to look, but it's black yeah. and white, right? The oldest no, no, one. Oh, so the one I'm thinking of was in color, oh, okay. but it was. Okay. Only like yeah, fifties or sixties yeah. color. Because Samantha stuff. was all into this chick lit, and um, Samantha she, Samantha Giordano, okay, and yeah. so she a lot of she picked a lot of these too, and she yeah. likes the more recent versions. Yeah, than, like, I agree. I do think I like those. Well, especially watching them with a child, it's easier to watch yeah. the more recent ones. <laughs> okay, so back to Stephen. Yeah, this one, I, I, it's only because, you know, I have I have two daughters, but, um, you know, and they both were obsessed with that book, The Fault in Our Stars, mm. and then, so I read the book because they were reading the book, and the book is very moving and beautiful, mm-hmm. and Sean Green, yay, uh, but the film is just incredible, and the film is one of those films, I call them the, you know, those cathartic films, those films that whenever, like, life has got you down, and you're working some things out, I don't think you need a therapist, I think you need films like The Fault in Our Stars, because you watch it, and you're guaranteed to just have one of those ugly cries, and you just ugly cry, and you get all your stuff out, and yeah, I I thought it was amazing. I think we should do ugly cry movies first. Oh, we should totally do ugly cry movies. You know Schindler's List is at the top of the list, but yeah, ugly cry movies are big. Oh, man. Yeah, Fault in Our Stars Watch that. Beautifully, beautifully done. Yeah. Um, and Ansel Elgort, who I think is probably pretty douchey in real life, which mm-hmm. I know is shocking to say because as Augustus Waters, you know, mm-hmm. he's up there with Edward Cullen and, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> and, you know, sort of great romantic heroes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for me and my girls. Uh, but yeah, I love The Fault in Our Stars. Okay. Highly recommend it. Did you watch the SNL? <laughs> the SNL. Um, spoof on it where the person has Ebola it's like like Ebola okay what's Lindley's pick oh, so my next category because uh-huh. that was my chick Chicklet. Lit category, yeah. classic chicklet. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen King. Oh, of course. And I don't. I mean, oh, I was a lot. I know, really? no, oh. but the movies are so good. They are. So, um, yeah, I, I would say this is an area where I don't enjoy his books. I mean, I read them as a teenager. Eh, yeah. I'm not a big horror genre person, but yeah, mm-hmm. I thought The Shining, Misery, Carrie. Yeah, all awesome. Better, movies. better movies than his books. Yeah, and they're also he hates the shine. Like he hates that version of the Shining. Oh really? Yeah, he's remaking it. He's hated no it way. forever. He hated the Stanley Kubrick version of the Shining. Oh my god. So. Is that the one, Red Drum, Red Drum? Yes. The Shining? Yeah, Shelly Duvall and Jack Nicholson. I, I hate horror. I, I don't watch any of it. I haven't seen no, any of it. So It's honestly, well, you can re-listen to the horror version. It's honestly yeah. traumatized me from my entire life because I watched it way too young. Yeah. So that's oh. what we did, right? But um, I read the book. But yeah, the movies, I just would say, are better than the books. And those are just, yeah. I think those are my top three. I don't really like so any of the other The other two ones. Stephen King books that I picked was... Um, well, one was called The Body, which is a short story, oh, yeah. which became uh-huh. Stand By Me. Yes, that's yeah. a good one. So that's that, a really that's good one. Well, I love Stand By yeah. Me. That's a great movie. And, and the Shawshank movie is better than... Oh, yeah, I forgot Shawshank, Shawshank is also Shawshank a... Redemption is Stephen King? King short story, yeah. Well, I take it, back my blucky. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it doesn't do just all horror. Oh, so he did... Yeah. What, who was the famous... She was in Gilda. Um, 
the one where so Andy Andy Dufresne has the poster of her. Um, oh, Rita Hayworth. It's Rita like Hayworth. Rita Hayworth and yeah. the Shawshank Redemption. I think that was the name of the short story or something oh. like that. Oh, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And I think he also wrote The Green Mile, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he did a lot of, he's lot of yeah, non-horror. He's, uh-huh. And I know a lot of people are big fans. I'm not that big a fan. He does a mm-hmm. column for Entertainment Weekly, right? And people are super yeah. crazy about it. Yeah. He did a whole thing on Harry Potter. Like, he was a huge mm-hmm. Harry Potter yes! fan. Yeah. That's the only time I really liked so him. So different. <laughs> I, yeah. I love that. It was so... Beautiful and sweet. And he's uh, he's in he's yeah. very eclectic and interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's not just his. Because remember, right before the final Harry Potter book is going to yes. come out, he publishes that note. I think in a major newspaper or something where it's he PW implores J.K. Rowling not to put the first yeah. chapter of the Aunt and Uncles. Right? Yeah, he's like, don't kill Harry. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't oh, understand. Oh, Harry has become so important to all of us, and and you know whatever our training would tell us yeah. that Harry has to die, right? Mm-hmm. And in order for you to be considered one of the great writers, you have he to kill to him. And don't kill him no. because this yeah. is one time where you have to break the rules. Yeah. And we were all like, yes, Kristen! <laughs> no, he also wrote a big piece about not doing the first chapter with the aunt and uncle. But he's like, enough with this. I'm done with this first chapter. And I was like, that is my least favorite chapter. I think even times when I write it to my son, I'm like, I'm skipping. <laughs> like, I just yeah. don't care. The hard part about the Dursley, sorry, this isn't a book. No, no, no. Thing, but the Dursley chapters, when you're trying to get your kids into Harry Potter, yeah. it's a totally a strategy. Exactly. Because yes. they get bored and they don't want to continue. Right. And the Dursley like, chapters. Gotta you got to get them to the school. Yeah. Once exactly. they get to the school, they're it's fascinating. Yeah. The other thing I like about Stephen King is like he's a huge hard rock heavy metal fan and he so, is, so yeah. he basically had ACDC do <laughs> did you ever see Maximum Overdrive mm. yeah or it's it's all it's like these uh, killer um, trucks like monster trucks like take over the oh. and they, it's a horrible movie but, <laughs> anyway so <laughs> next and you know how he shot Don Lennon right oh yeah that's right no yeah there's a guy that drives a van around Santa Cruz gotta look up Maximum Overdrive shot Don Lennon Maximum Overdrive it's a terrible movie great soundtrack okay got it Maximum Overdrive but it's it's kind of pseudo horror, bad eighties movie. Okay, what's your next pick, Stephanie? Yeah, what's my next pick? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid to say it out loud because Lindley's gonna have a heart attack. Here we go. So full disclosure, I am not an objectivist, <laughs> nor do I ascribe to any Ayn Rand political stuff. I love her fiction, uh-huh. and I love The Fountainhead. It was a formative book in my life. Not from the perspective of greed is good and go be an objectivist. Sure, sure. I just, again, I'm a romantic girl, and I liked the way, I liked the Anne Rand sort of take on the romantic relationship. For those of you that have read that book, you sort of understand me even more because of what else I like. Um, I was I'll just, just going to say, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's another so, book to be adaptation you should mention. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a great old movie. Mm-hmm. Um, with um, Patricia, anyways, it's it's um, Patricia Neal, right? Patricia O'Neill, yes. Pr- Patricia wow, Neal. I'm very impressed with you. Right. Yes, the yeah, fountainhead. Right. Old stuff, I know. Yeah. And then the guy from A Farewell to Arms. Um, yeah. Um, uh, oh, he's one of my favorites. It's not Gary Cooper. Isn't Gary it? Cooper. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yes, and he plays Howard Rourke, and I love that movie. Yeah. And I think that movie is really, really true to the book and beautiful. And yeah, yeah I'm waiting for Atlas Shrugged. They made a oh, version yeah. of it and it was horrible. Yeah. Don't watch it. Yeah. Um, and I really hope, I mean, at one point, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were going to make Atlas Shrugged. Right. Um, and it just never mm-hmm. got off because of this like barrier of the damn political philosophy. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, just make a movie. <laughs> just tell the damn story. Yeah. It's so good. But yeah. 
<laughs> you should see him in his face. Blank stare. Silence. You should cut out silence. I'm leaving it in the silence. See, I went there. I knew I would be ridiculed. Not, that's not even a... That's not... I'm not ridiculing you. Yeah. Point, know. counterpoint. <laughs> it's not ridicule. Okay. I find well. a lot more... I have a lot more problem with the fault in our stars. <laughs> you didn't love a fault in our stars? Oh, Never saw it. I gosh. can't say that I've seen it or watched isn't it that one author, right? Yeah, John Green. That's yeah. why... I mean, I loved the SNL take off of it it's just oh, okay. like teens in love and they're dying and they're crying oh, yeah it's so funny so can't good those movies some like affinities them. are greater than other well, again, affinities romantic movies I'm not yeah. into remember, yeah 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 remember that except for the English patient yeah. <laughs> I didn't even like the romantically <laughs> characters I will state that again that was not like I, why I liked the movie yeah. um, okay so then I just have a whole stuff of just stand alone mm-hmm. Movies? Should yeah. I just go through those? Yeah, yeah. And then I will I will highlight it with my favorite. Okay. Favorite because I love the book and I also love the, the adaptation. movie adaptation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So but this is I'm gonna go in I'll hold that for last. Okay. Suspense. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'll just name them. I don't know okay. what to say. The Godfather, everybody would say of that. Course. I got that. Mario Atonement. Yeah. I love Atonement. I love World War Two again, like the English freshman. I love World War Two stories. I love Atonement. I agree yeah. with you there. And I love the book too. But I love the book. Is yeah. I think I liked the book better than the movie. I was a little disappointed about the movie. I think the book was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful Creatures. Mm. It's a great movie. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's got to yeah. be on there. Yeah. Um, Virgin oh. Suicides. Mm hmm. And um, Brokeback Mountain, mm. which is just a short story, but I thought the movie was better than the short story. Yeah. Like, did a lot more with the story. I almost think that with the more directors should use short stories instead of full-on right? novels, because you can I go deep. Yeah. I'll yeah. bring it in, yeah. though I have to read through it first, but... Um, it's it's all short stories mm-hmm. that are it's short stories that, that were then became movies. Yeah, so it's something like oh no, but I read the book. But mm-hmm. it's just short stories. It's right. Like a, um, I've only gotten through two of them. Okay. I got through Black Rock. What's one? Bad, Bad day, day of Black, Black Rock Black, that we Bad watched, watched on Movie watched. Friday. Okay, so yes. my final one that I love. I love the book and I love the movie Lolita with the Stanley Kubrick. Oh yeah, of yep. course. Of oh, Lolita. I just yeah. think it's yeah. such great black humor, and yeah. the book is one of my favorite. Books to read. I love that, and it's just crazy. Yeah. I think the I casting this. was amazing. Yeah. Wow. You know, um, what's her name? Uh, I've only seen the Jeremy Irons. Oh God, no! You got to watch have, the Stanley Kubrick version. So great. Is it James. Um, oh wow. What's his name? No, I know the lead. Yeah, the lead character. Lolita. All right, I'm going to look at that one. Sorry, you need to cut this This dead air. This is why I love this. This is just dead air. We've known each other (laughs) how many years? Like, I never would have guessed that. That's Shirley MacLaine, right? Shirley MacLaine? Is it Shirley MacLaine? No, 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 okay. No, sorry. So it's James Mason. He's the guy. James Mason, yeah, sorry. Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters. Yes. Winters. Yes. Sorry, why did I say Shirley Winters? And uh, Sue Lyon is. Yeah, Sue Lyon, but not. And then. Um, Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers yeah. is the okay. best. That's what I'm doing tonight. Yes. I'm, I'm watching oh, it's a great. It's so great good. It's a okay. great version. It's oh, really good. Because two and a half she is just. Um, what's her name? Shelly Winters yeah. is just. Oh, yeah. Her performance is off the hook awesome. Just <laughs> hysterical, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> yes. Woman. Like, you are so wrong, you know? And yeah, it's. <laughs> You're in an effed up situation, and yeah. people forget how great of an actor she was. You want her to be shot. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I don't know. It's not a justified shooting her. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if this was a book first, but A Place in the Sun with Elizabeth Taylor and yeah. Montgomery Cliff, where he basically he needs to get rid of Shelley Winters yeah. to basically hook up with Elizabeth Taylor. And <laughs> same, just, yeah, same thing. <laughs> same like, premise. But 
that one, like, she, nothing was wrong with her. You just want Montgomery Clift uh, and Elizabeth Taylor to yeah, get together. Gotcha. But, wow. yeah. Okay. No, I was going to say, this is why this podcast is so cool, because <laughs> I think, you know, when you just don't know what to watch, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, and you have time, oh, but you want to watch something things, that isn't so. going to be a waste of yeah. time. Yeah. It's like so cool. I have so many ideas. That's, that's what this whole laundry list of things. Yeah, this a, is... a Netflix sponsor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be totally awesome. Can you imagine? Nice. Especially if we can get like oh. what's coming ahead of time. Oh, that'd be great. Netflix is not a podcast sponsor. It you got to go for like the Blue Aprons. Those are the real <laughs> ones. And you have to go, my girlfriend and I were home and we got some Blue Aprons. Okay, so if you want to talk about Fifty Shades of Grey, we can get Adam and Eve, I'm sure. No, no. A sponsor, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. Oh, I would. I hope you have there. Absolutely. No, it's... No, it's like, really? Yeah. Uh, although I have to admit, it, I haven't seen the, 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 the latest oh, really? one. Oh. Yeah, well, I have kids. Uh, there's been no time whatsoever, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's funny because La La Land just came into our queue, and uh-huh. I and the girls they love La La Land. Yeah. So we're gonna watch it, and right next to La La Land is Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> yeah. and it's of killing course. me because you've got La La Land, and there's just I don't know if I'll ever see it. <laughs> so next year will be free. Yes, Fifty Shades Free. Shades free. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. No, I think it has this, and I'm sure you, many have talked about it, but the Harry Potter. Um, no, nobody actually has. No, oh, yeah. The, I know, that is, yeah, those were good. Kind of obvious. The yeah, Harry Potter films are incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I really think the level of responsibility that filmmakers took, and I think it began with Chris Columbus, right? Mm. He sets the tone, mm-hmm. and I think the relationship with J.K. Rowling and what they decided to do there yeah. was really cool. And you could tell, like, it's amazing. There's that story Alan Rickman tells mm-hmm. how in the very beginning, when they began to film the first one, Sorcerer's Stone, J.K. Rowling had even finished the last book yet, mm. right? I think even maybe the last two books. I can't remember. No, they but, started filming before. Yeah, yeah they But did. she whispered something into Alan Rickman's ear mm-hmm. about who Snape was going to potentially be. So he always had that, and he never told anybody. Oh, he always oh. knew he was And good. so what I think is phenomenal, because if you go back now and you watch those films, now that you've read all the books, <coughs> and you realize then that she hadn't written them yet. Right. And yet it's consistent. His performance is consistent the whole time. Yeah. You know Alan is communicating that he cares about Harry right. in this really cool, meaningful way. And yeah, I think, yeah, I just... That whole series deserves like a mm-hmm. high because it's just so well done. Because they very easily yeah. could have screwed up everything. Oh my gosh! Because the books are so good. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the way Oscarbon, Prisoner of Oscarbon, is done. Oh my gosh! You could just have a whole mm-hmm. podcast on the okay. Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I'm sure there are. You yeah. could. Yeah. There are. There are oh, actually yeah. some of the whole... editing tricks and the way that mm-hmm. they decided to tell that story. Yeah. Yeah, and the way like yeah, yeah there's oh. a book club on. Harry Potter. Oh, go really? like chapter by chapter. Mm. Cannot say enough good things about that. Downloaded the it for my daughter. Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 a little dry. Yeah, it was a little dry. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have your last? Your no, my last oh, you one gave was Lolita. Okay, got it. Sorry, got it. Got it. Okay. it was Lolita. I'm not as organized as Lindley. I feel yeah. bad. She had it all organized, well, and categorized. Got librarian in the house. Are you guys into John Grisham books at all? Oh, the firm. Okay, yeah. the firm was I watched my them back, firm was back in the day. Yeah. I would read the books and then watch the movies. Right. But yeah, I don't know that I. I always liked the movie versions of all those books. I love yeah. the firm. Yeah. Tom Cruise was brilliant in that, yeah. and, and then Matt Hackman. Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon was in one. Um, they also do a Nesson on one of those. Matt it's Damon like and Southern, Matthew Southern McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. And there's a Pelican Brief with Joey Roberts. Is that a John Grisham where he murders? No, that's suspected of murdering his wife. Oh, that's a group. Presumed innocent. Presumed innocent. Great, great one, right? Great was that a book? That was a John Grisham book? No, no, no. no. Um, but the ending's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Presumed it's a great movie. Yeah, that's um, an underrated movie. That's but yeah, like there's a lot of great Grisham. Pre-Girl Gone. Yeah. Girl Gone is basically stolen. Yeah, Gone Girl. Gone, gone Girl, sorry. Yeah. Not Girl Gone. Grisham, that brings back memories. I know. Cause, yeah, but I think The Firm 
where the book's great, but the movie's also great. Do you remember the phenomenon that the film was when that first came out? Oh, yeah. Everybody was reading that book. All my mother's friends. You bought it at the grocery store. Like, it was... Yeah. Yeah, no, they're great. That book was a publishing phenomenon. There was another one... Scott Terrell. Scott Terrell. Yeah. Um, and I think it has to do with racism in the Deep South, and Samuel <laughs> Jackson's in it, and I think Matt, is that the Matt, or... No, Julia Matt, Roberts is in it, right? That's Pelican Brief. Oh, okay, okay. And then, Sandra Bullock's in it, I think. Oh, this so, Matt Damon yeah. one's going to drive me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll find it. But, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all good. All right. Thank you, guys. And thank you. Okay. For this week's episode, we're going to do book to movie adaptations, and we have Danielle back. Thank you for being back. <laughs> I can't help. I was trying to. I know. To. She, she just, you turn on the mic and she starts giggling. All right. You have a long list. We're I gonna do. Try, we're going to try to run through these as quick as possible. No. There's no way okay. it's going to be quick. But well, okay. this is now called Damn Good Danielle Podcast. <laughs> so, enjoy. What is your list? Okay. So, I am going to start for, like, the ones that I didn't like that much for the one that I love it. Okay. So, um... So my first one is Julie and Julia. Okay, so it that was a, a book first. Yes, yeah. it was a book. Um, the, she had a, a blog, Julie mm-hmm. Powell, I guess her name. And she had this blog that she would do the entire, like 500 plus, 500 plus recipes of Julie Child. Julia Child, yeah. So the movie is an adaptation of uh, her blog and many mo- books from Julie Child because ah. she had a lot of movies. Yeah. So Marilyn Strip is always charming. Mm-hmm. So that's why the book is not that good, but the but movie the it good. is because Marilyn Strip, of course. Of so, course. Yeah, she's amazing. That's a good Julie pick. Child. I didn't even know that was a book, so that's interesting. Okay, oh. I have the book. Oh, very good. <laughs> okay, so what's next? So the next one that I like it, I love the book. I have the books, but I like it. The photography, it's Lord of the Rings. Mm, okay. And I, I read the book. Mm-hmm. The Tolkien book. Yes. Yeah. It's it's not, of course, uh, the movie is an adaptation, so there is not as many details as you have in the book. Of course. But the whole photography, the whole, like, you know, make-believe world and everything, mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing the special effects so i saw the movie many times mm-hmm. <laughs> like binging on the weekend mm-hmm. i would see it i'd watch the three of and that's why i prefer the uh the, the movie movies for this one yes. okay have you re- reread the books at all oh yeah okay yeah and the hobbits too, and, and of so. course the hobbit well the hobbit the problem with the hobbit is the, the book's not that long and then yeah. the the movie they really try to start to stretch yes. it out so okay next next <laughs> Next is The Silence of the Lambs. That's a great one. And uh, the book's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the book, but my friend had and I read the book after I watched the movie. Okay. And people say never do that, right? right. But I, I was sold by Anthony Hopkins. So whatever they would write in the book, I, I wasn't even thinking of. Every time I would read a, a line mm-hmm. you from Hannibal, he would come in my mind with that eye, with that mask, terrifying. Yeah. Every, yes, so that's why. But before Silence of the Lambs, there was a movie called Manhunter, which actually is based on the novel. And oh, it really? came out four years, four or five years before 
Silence of the Lambs, and it just it wasn't as good. That's good. Um, the guy who played Grissom in um, CSI, the original CSI, William Peterson, played the Clarice role. So it was a you kidding me? Yeah, and the guy who played Hannibal's barely he's a he's an afterthought character, which is interesting. That's why Silence of the Lambs is yeah, so good. Yeah, the, the series that they had TV was pretty good. It was good. It was pretty good. I yeah. like it. The, you know how it end, how it started, how it ended. It was very very interesting. Okay, what's next? What's not you pushing me? <laughs> yeah, like, I because I cannot time. speak fast in English. So you don't no, understand. <laughs> I'm keeping you on on point. Okay, so the next one is the color purple. Oh, I yeah. do have yep. the book and mm-hmm. I read the book. Um, I love the book. Uh, the movie, although it's with Oprah Winfrey. Very there's Oprah. I, I don't care about Oprah, but no, Whoopi, what's her name? Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, that yeah. is, she's amazing. She does yeah. Celie and, you know, mm-hmm. the main character. Mm-hmm. And then you have Danny Glover, who yep. is the jerk. And you have Oprah, who, I don't I don't, I don't know, I, I don't care about Oprah. So, sure. But the, the uh, Whoopi Goldberg, like, Oop, I don't know how to say her name. But she was brilliant as Celie, because uh, everything that the book mm-hmm you know, makes you feel she can translate in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I I watched the movie a few times, yeah. but I read the book only you once. You read the book, uh-huh. Yes. Next. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even have you. Can... I have a, I, sorry, I have Don't a list. Away from I, the mic. I, I have a, I need to move around all the time. Well, unfortunately, the mic doesn't move. <laughs> so the next one, oh, you didn't, didn't know this movie was... Uh, how do you say, like, for the Oscars, nominated, nominated for to Oscar. elect an Oscars? Yeah, Color Purple. Yeah, and didn't get one. I know. No, no, no. No. Oscars. No me. Oscars. Added to this. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a broken record. Right. <laughs> so What's the next? next one is Stand By Me. Yeah, that, that was one of my picks. Amazing mm-hmm. movie. Like, so innocent. Yeah. So cute. I have the book. I've it's never a short story, read. Right? Yes, yes, I never read the book, mm-hmm. and you know, I found out that it was a Stephen King, and that's, that's why right. I, I I had to get the book because I love Stephen King. So the book was called The Body or The, the short Body, story. Yeah. yes. And it's really about that. Then the movie gets more into the kids and their and relationship, friendship, sure. right, and mm-hmm. the secrets, and you know, find out about themselves. It's amazing. That's why it works. Well. Yes. Yeah. So. I, I need to breathe in between my You can sentences. take a breath. I'll let out your breath. Uh, so the next one is Mystic River. Oh, yeah. That's a great Clint Eastwood movie. It is. I, I read the book mm-hmm. as well yep. before, and then I watched the movie. And I I don't know why I like the movie better. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a a dark movie. It, it was yeah. the guy, Tim. Tim Robbins. Yeah. yeah he's it's definitely the one troubled. that he was sexually assaulted. Yeah. But he... He makes you believe, he, you know, he was very uh, unstable. Totally. And, you know, you get it. But you understand the, why. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, but he was amazing. Kevin Bacon is really good as well. Oh, and Sean Penn's uh, good. Oh, Sean Penn's yeah. always, like, mm-hmm. wonderful. But, yes, Kevin Bacon was, like, yeah. I don't like him too much, but in this movie, yes, he, he was That's great. why Gwen Eastwood's one of the best directors. I mean, that was just another, yes. <laughs> so, another great movie that he directed. I know, yeah. Uh, and my last one. Oh, that's it. That's one. Oh, well, no. I, I need to blow. No. <laughs> speak that. 
<laughs> so Wait, how do you translate that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. And I have the rubber bands in my brace, so, so no one will understand thing. But okay. That's all right. I'll put subtitles in there. But subtitles of the radio. That That's that right. would be like. <laughs> it will. It would be great. So my last one, and I know. Uh, Many people won't, and I talk with these about friends, and they don't agree with me. Okay. But I really love, I don't know how to say because it's French, but it's Les, Les Miserables. How oh, yeah, Les, Les Miserables. Yeah, that's I love the movie with Gerard Depardieu and John Malkovich. Okay, that version. That version. It was actually not a movie. It was a mini series, okay. four chapters, and okay. I watched it, all four of them. It and you was, found out what year it was released? Because um, <laughs> she was doing I that think, research. I believe it was in 2000, 2001. Okay. I'm not sure yet. Got but it. that version, because they have so many versions of this uh, book. Right. There is musicals. Yeah. There are, like the one that was just released. There is a yeah. new one with that girl. And, Natalie Portman? No. No, and, um, and Hathaway. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's a good actress, but I don't think she's read for Colette. Sure. So, no, she was the Colette's mom, I guess. I yeah. believe so. I didn't like that version, but the one with Gerard Depardieu that uh -huh. he does the... Well, he is French, so... I forgot his name, yeah. the name that he does, but he does the main mm -hmm. uh, character. And uh, I don't know, I, I I have the book, it's Victor Hugo, it's yeah. super hard to read, it's super hard to keep it up, because sure. his writing style, I, I, I don't know. Well, older books, and this is a very older book, it's a totally different style of writing than 1862. modern. 1862. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's totally... It was very hard to... You know, since there was no other form of media back yeah. then, there was no radio, there was no records, there definitely weren't movies, you could write a very long and wordy book because that was your source of entertainment. Yes. And it's an amazing book. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish reading. I could not. Yeah, I, I, just too much. It would, you know, lose me. Sure. But this version of the book is very... You mean the miniseries? ...touching. And yeah. yes, with Gerard Depardieu and... John Malkovich is he's he's amazing. So, yes. They both, and the actress that plays the prostitute, I forgot her name. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the three of them. It's it's my like my pick number one. That's great. Yeah. Nobody else picked Les Mis. And actually, nobody... I, I picked in my after uh, movies, uh, Stand By Me. Because I think that's... Actually, yeah. no, no. It's in my beginning. I don't even remember what I did, but it's yeah. in the beginning. But, you yeah. asked him about Gone of the Wind. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah, you love I'm Gone with the Wind. Big fan. Yeah. So that's hard. I, I read the book. Yeah. When I got the book, it was my dad's book. Right. It was two big books. <laughs> two. It's so very part well. one, part two. And he made me read at the <laughs> first. And then I grew up and I read again. Mm -hmm. And I've been read the book three times, I guess. And it's huge. Yeah. But. I don't know, Clark Gable, like that actor, you know, yeah. Vivian, I don't Vivian know. Vivian Lee. It's yeah. just so, the chemistry, they, they're so good. They are, they're perfect. And yeah. Even though they didn't get along. For that, I know. Yeah. For that, it's hard. I don't know if I like more the movie or the book. I yeah. like both. That's fine, if it's, it's equal. Just, I'm like, equally. <laughs> so it should definitely be on the list. And I have both. That's good, honorable yeah. mention. <laughs> good job, Danielle. See, we're right on time. Yeah. <laughs> I can breathe now. You can breathe. Take a big breath. <laughs> Gone with the wind. Gone. 
Very good. We're going to leave Gone with the Wind. We are back with Malin. Welcome back. Thanks. We are going to do a book, best favorite book to movie adaptations. So movies that uh, were originally books and then your, your favorites once they became into movies. Um, you don't necessarily have to like the book. You could have loved the book. But these are the ones where um, the movie is just excellent. You love these movies. Okay, so. cool. So, um, so I've been thinking uh, about my history with book-to-movie translations. Mm -hmm. The first one that I had, I'd seen the movie Ghost Story when I was a kid. It was like, oh, yeah. it was on TV and me being a sucker for haunted house films mm -hmm. um, and ghost stories. I kind of, I loved the movie. It yeah. was, you know, and I was a kid. I didn't realize it was so silly yeah. until later. Um, and I finally got around to reading the book and I realized, oh, wow, they could make a movie that's completely different from the book. Sure. I mean, there's so many huge changes. And I was really upset about that for a while. So mm -hmm. this movie that I had kind of liked as a guilty sure. haunted, horror, haunted house horror film kind of pleasure, um, realized, oh, wow, they totally kind of took the name of the book and just ran with it. Mm. Um, they changed characters. They swapped them in and out. Uh, there were whole subplots that had just been thrown away. The ending was completely re-manipulated. Um, all sorts of, like, really, really drastic changes. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't figure out for the longest time how to kind of, like, make sense of that. And so it took me years and years and years to realize that books really aren't perfectly suitable in most instances for the media of film like right. this is probably an easy lesson to most people yeah but the way i encountered it at a young age it it, it took me a long time so right. now i've realized okay yeah it totally makes sense that when you're going to take a, a book and turn it into a movie you're going to have to uh edit out subplots sure. you're going to have to create composite characters mm -hmm. just in in order to create something that's kind of cohesive and makes sense mm -hmm. to an audience. And what makes sense in a narrative arc and an ending for a book might not be marketable or consumable for film. Right. Yeah. So, Which is why you have people that are just specialized in film adaptations, writing film adaptations oh, from books. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I can imagine it's, it must be really, really difficult in yeah. some cases to create something that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, for people who are fans of the books and then for people who are going looking for a movie. Sure. And people who are making movies have already figured out formulas that work for cinema within a constrained time period. Mm -hmm. right? It used to be 90 minutes and whatever. Sure. So, so Ghost Story was one where I didn't... I don't know if I learned to hate the film or, <laughs> or what, but... Anyway, so that was kind of a strange thing for me. Let's see. Go, when did Ghost Story come out? It was in the 80s, I think. Okay. I know. Every time I come in here, I need to remember <laughs> to like write down 1981. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was early 80s. And Fred Astaire is um, in it. Yeah, it's this yeah. great, great cast. It's got Fred Astaire. It's got um, Melvin Douglas. Oh, yeah. I think one of his... One of his last roles, Douglas um, Fairbanks. Jr. Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Yeah, and who was the woman? Uh, Alma Mobley, who played Alma. Oh, Mobley? Uh, Alice Cridge. Alice Cridge. She's yeah. this amazing character actress that isn't in nearly enough things, but she has this kind of uh, amazingly ethereal, beautiful face, mm. um, and is a really perfect cast for this, for this. role of the ghost. Uh, 
in this film. She, uh, because certain times in the film, you don't know if she's right. a ghost or not, or whether she's a ghost or not. She's so perfectly creepy. I mean, I haven't seen this one, so um, let's check it out. Yeah, the movie's yeah. fine. It's yeah. just that it, it, it's... It, it, compared to the book, book, it takes a very formulaic reformulation of the characters in the book. Right. It, for a film, that makes sense. It makes it's sense. A very clean ending. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to think very much at all. It's <laughs> you know, good. Some yeah, people it's like perfect. That. Some people like ambiguous. Some people just want it spelled out for them. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So there are a couple others I wanted to mention yeah. that are that I've come back to okay. because they're getting a lot of word in the media right now. So, Train Spotting, mm. um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, yep. and Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. I think I'll go in reverse order. So, okay. Brokeback Mountain was something that I'd, I'd read it a while ago, and I hadn't really touched it for a long time. But then there's this recent podcast, Shit Town. Mm, Are right. you? <laughs> I haven't heard uh, of it. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> Great name. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah, I know, right. <laughs> so, it, it's developed by um, the same kind of crew that are responsible for the, this American life mm. and serial. Oh yeah. Um, and it's really, really, uh, engrossing. Mm. It's the, the premise behind it is one of the, I guess, producers or, um, reporters, uh, investigative reporters for the serial, this American life crew mm-hmm. got an email from a guy in Alabama asking them to investigate a murder in this place where he lived. And he describes it as this horrible shit town of a place. <laughs> That's the title of the podcast. Uh-huh. Anyway, reporter goes down there and finds out that things aren't what he expected. And it each episode of this podcast just plays out in mm. a completely different way than you ex- it expect from the beginning. And each episode is kind of like a left turn deeper and deeper into a story that nobody could expect. It's fascinating. Yeah. In one of the episodes, uh, Brokeback Mountain plays a prominent role. Okay. And so I went back and I, I read it uh, just recently, like within the last week, I think, mm-hmm. week or two. Um, and I hadn't realized how close the movie uh resembles it plays off of the book it really just adds kind of visual texture to the story unlike ghost story mm-hmm. brokeback mountain is a nearly unbelievable nearly unbelievably honest representation of the book it holds true yeah mm-hmm. amazingly so um yeah well worth a read it's short story mm. short story it's probably you know ghost story is like 200 plus pages right too long to translate into 90 minutes if you're going to be really honest about it. Sure. But a short story, maybe that's where people should be looking for, like, really honest adaptations. Yeah. Because the size of it isn't overwieldly, mm-hmm. uh, or un- it isn't unwieldy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it you know, allows you to translate into something right. that you know, the cinematic medium can actually expand on uh-huh. just a little bit. Anyway, I thought... Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. I there mean, both been, the movie yeah. and the book are brilliant. I know Hitchcock used a lot of short stories yeah. to, to create his own little thing, so he kind of used the outline of it, and then yeah. go whatever direction, then the people... I mean, he can't screw up a short story probably I know, that much. I was really tempted to just come in with a list of Hitchcock, Hitchcock films, yes. honestly, because they're, they're all of them are based off of yeah, yeah. adaptations uh-huh. of something. I was going to pick Psycho sure. or The Birds. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway... That's, that's too easy. Yeah, too, yeah. yeah, yeah story <laughs> for another time. 
So Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what was the other one I said? Whatever happened to Baby, Baby Jane? Jane? So which now of there's this like, all the press. Yeah. yeah. So right now there's this brilliant um, TV series yep. by what's his face that does American Horror Story. And yeah. Finally starting to do good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because it's called Feud. And yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's and so it's one more episode. Uh, well, yeah, as no. we're recording this, there's one more episode left. So. Right, I'm just eating these up. I these know. are these are great. Susan Sarandon is so good. just just yeah, like the song. She has Betty Davis eyes. Yeah, she looks it's just like her. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Every once in a while, I when I'm watching um, uh, Jessica Lange, I kind of fall out. I do of, too. Uh, the picture, and I'm seeing Jessica Lange in it's American a, Horror Story. Yeah, and, and not even Jessica Lange in like other things that mm-hmm. I've loved her in like. Um, Titus, yeah, uh, just kind of seeing like the witch and coven, kind yeah, of, like coming out, and I'm like ah. But we, uh, I just recently watched whatever happened to Baby Jane after watching after yeah. they completed the filming of it, and it just adds a whole new light to it. And yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a lot of fun to watch. That's another one where yeah. the movie is pretty honest to the book. Totally, yeah, and the book yeah. is a lot of craziness, grim, yeah ghastly fun yes yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a that's a book worth see now reading. I want to hear I want to see uh, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte now because they're getting have you seen it before I've never seen it so that's it's a good one yeah. it's good not as good as Baby Jane but no you yeah. know I, I mean I first fell in love with Baby Jane and Charlotte as a kid mm-hmm. um, and Baby Jane is definitely my favorite it's yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Let me know what you think. I will. You see I how will. Sweet Charlotte. I, do, yeah. I don't like giving out spoilers. No, of course not. I really want to see it. Yeah. Drop it's them been out for, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like bombs years. on this podcast. <laughs> That's okay. People know what they're getting. It's damn good movie memories. Can't exactly. have a memory yeah, without yeah. having some spoilers. Yeah, but if so. I find out that you haven't seen something, I don't want to. No, I, and I appreciate that, man. <laughs> okay, and then what was the other one I said I was going to. It was the first one you meant. Oh, uh, Train Spotting, right? Yeah, Train Spotting. So I had read. Uh, the full gamut of the train spotting mm-hmm. books, and I just finally went and saw Train Spotting Two mm-hmm. um, two nights ago. Okay, at the this uh, theater in, just south of here on Wolf Road. It's in this mall that's all but abandoned. It's totally oh, creepy. East or I don't know. It's something I, like I know what you're talking about. It, yeah, it's, it's totally creepy. It's the ghost mall. <laughs> yeah, I like to go and see films in this because yeah. usually it's it. it Usually means if it's been in the theaters for a couple of weeks, I'm going to have the theater to myself. Sure. And I kind of enjoy the feeling. I get this kind of self-satisfied in, in all of the wrong ways feeling mm-hmm. of walking through like this ghost town of America in yeah. the 60s to 80s, this mall. that And it totally dis- didn't disappoint. And Which, for going to yeah. a film that mm-hmm. I have this huge amount of nostalgia yeah. for, and it drives thematically off of nostalgia in really, really sure. big and poignant ways. Um, yeah, the whole thing was just really tremendously creepy. And I'm just walking out at like one in the morning oh, God. <laughs> through this ghost town yeah. mall into this ghost town mall parking lot. Yeah. And everything kind of looks like it's ready to be shot by Danny Boyle. Sure. This is like, um, point on uh, yeah. cinematography. I'm just walking out thinking, fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> it is. It, it's creepy in the middle of the day, let alone yeah. black at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. I, we had to go, we had a team outing, not to go off on a tangent, but it was at, there's a bowling alley connected to the mall. Is and there? Yeah. And so walking through it, I mean, it's like pretty much dead. Then you'll have like a, a, a beauty store that's open and then yeah. you'll see like one other thing. But yeah, it's just like the ghost town mall, like walking down a dark alley or something like yeah. that. And it's weird. And where I grew up, uh, I grew up outside of Fresno mm-hmm. by like an hour, but Fresno over time, it would throw up these malls yeah. as, you know, 
the place was becoming more and more suburban. You'd have mm-hmm. these like annexed areas mm-hmm. and it would get its own mall. And then it like a spine <laughs> <Right>. growing north. <laughs> yeah. And as that happened, slowly you see the ones in the south, one by one, they become these ghost towns yep. that nobody can do anything with it no. because they haven't figured out They're what massive. to do with it. It's just an outdated kind of yeah. um, form. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Because 80s, 90s were all about shopping malls and now yeah. it's just all online. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what movie was I talking about? So oh, Tweet Spotting. Spotting. Yeah. yeah, so that's interesting because now the second one, mm-hmm. it actually fills in a lot of the points from the first book that were edited out of the first film. And it's okay. kind of a perfect package because I went into this thinking, how the hell are they going to film that second 20 years book? after. Yeah. Well, the, the yeah. second book is just so so much more kind of sexually graphic. Mm. Um and actually, a lot of the things I thought they would cut out, they didn't. So, mm. you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that was that turned out to be uh, kind of a better mm-hmm. film so than did, I was expecting. Uh, did T two live up to the expectations? I think it's its own thing. Okay. It's it. Uh, some parts of it were a little bit disappointing. It falls flatter than the first one. Okay. The stakes are a lot lower than the first one, and I don't think they had to be. Um, but the first one you leave the theater and it's just, it was a tense experience and it has this remarkable payoff at the end. This one, it has tense moments and it has a tense buildup. It doesn't have, uh, nearly the satisfying payout at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that's partly the fault of the book, but I don't think so. It kind of changes things from the book. I think maybe if it had hewed a Mm -hmm. little bit closer, I don't know. I don't want to second think it too much. Yeah, because yeah. it yeah. really wasn't publicized that much at all. No, right? I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I mean, I, I I did enjoy it. I had uh, it did creep me out. Mm-hmm. Um, did kind of give me a sucker punch a couple of times, but yeah, the stakes weren't nearly as high. Right, I think in the storytelling mm-hmm. and the end, kind of uh, there are a few kind of predictable moments. Yeah, which I couldn't say of the first one sure no because you didn't know what you're getting into in the first right, one that's right. the thing that's always yeah. true it's tough with, with sequels because yeah. you have these uh, preconceived notions going in like you know yeah. whether it's too high or too low you know. I was I was trying to gauge that yeah I, I, I was really careful going into um, Rogue One mm. yeah with Star Wars yeah. because I knew that there, there had been reshoots and yeah. I was preparing myself for a disaster because The Force Awakens had been such uh, kind of a re-enlightening of the franchise. Yeah. Um, and I was expecting this to kind of take a left turn and because they were marketing it as mm-hmm. a Star Wars story. Right. I was worried that they were using that as an excuse to throw it away if mm-hmm. it wasn't up to the quality of the other films. Right. And that, that wasn't, you know, going in with lowered expectations. Wasn't that. I don't even think I needed to. It was actually pretty good on its, on its own. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait, we'll go quickly through the other ones. Here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so... Tops. yeah. Now, I, th- I think people are, oh, probably familiar with those. I wanted to mention mm-hmm. one. Sure. This is probably, I wonder if this is a lot of people's first kind of um, book to film translation just because of the U.S. Mm-hmm. I think it happens a lot in like lower grade school. Mm. Charlotte's Web. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that as a, as a child. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think usually, I don't know what grade, but I remember reading it in school and then they cart in this TV into the room mm-hmm. and then they show it to you and you're like, yay, movie day. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know? There are a lot of like, I remember, as, okay, so you have that, you have the, obviously the Wizard of Oz, yes, Willy yes. Wonka, even though it's probably a little bit, a lot different. But well, and even Wizard of the Oz is yeah. very different. When so we totally. read the book after 
Uh, having seen the movie, that was interesting because we got in class to talk a lot about yeah. why they would make such drastic changes mm-hmm. uh, to the film version. Yeah. 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 It's very different. I think Phantom Tollbooth, did you have to see that? Never like read, that? never okay. saw. Yeah. No. That was stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but Charlotte's Web. Oh, that's it was kind great. of one that's and it's sad. You do you have to deal with life and death at such yeah. an early age. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's interesting because you go through like this rite of uh, this kind of a rite of passage watching yeah. the film or going through the book. Yeah, if you haven't experienced death. I have a really small family, so I very mm-hmm. rarely experience death. Right, I'm really not good with it. But mm-hmm. um, with that, I was like, oh, it's yeah, so horrible. Well, that's why I think they. Kids' movies and, and Disney movies were a lot tougher back then than mm-hmm. they are now because really, people animals never die anymore, which is mm-hmm. probably a good thing. Like old Yeller, never going to happen. Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Charlotte's Web. I mean, I don't, I don't think they would have filmed it the same way now. Like no. they would have done it. Have they know. done a remake? I don't know. That's a great question. I, I honestly, don't I'm know. just, I, they don't I just, need to I, sh- like, I shouldn't even utter it out loud yeah. because if they do, they're going to do it CGI, and, and it's, it's just going to be, gonna be yeah. yeah. And there, there will be, uh, there will be a song and dance routine, sure. probably with piglets oh, or yeah. like with goslings, you know, uh, or just the whole barnyard yeah. going into like some Lionel Bart musical routine. If they do a remake, we'll have to add an addendum to a better bad remake. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but Charlotte's yeah. Charlotte's Web, I thought that deserved. That's a great one. Yeah. So I have two more sure. out of this long list that I'll mention, and okay. th- these are going to be way off the beaten path. That's I okay. Think. Okay. One of them is The Horse's Mouth, which is a mm-hmm. book by Joyce Carey, and then was picked up by Alec Guinness, mm. and it became like this very personal project for him, mm. and it's about an artist um, in London who is at a point in his career where he has fallen out of favor with the masses, mm. but he is still appreciated by a small um, group of collectors, which means that he's kind of in this spot where he's not making any money. He's right. basically poor, um, and artistic taste has moved on, and it hasn't come around to the point where people are doing like a retrospective. Mm-hmm. So he's become kind of like this uh, con artist doing whatever he can and swindling those who are near and ostensibly possibly even dear or once were dear to him um, in order to create um, his art. And usually it's derived out of this like uh, frenzied um, ecstasy and he just paints these murals. Mm. Um, and he, it's so interesting because he doesn't really care so much about who appreciates them or where he paints them. Just, well, that's not entirely true. He's very particular about where he paints them. He's kind of looking for his perfect okay. canvas. Um, yeah, but it's just a remarkable movie. And Alec Guinness as this kind of befuddled um, trickster of an artist, uh, it's just an amazing film. It's an mm-hmm. amazing film. Um, the book is fantastic as well. That's one that I want to read again, yeah. inspired by this, sure. by your topic for this podcast. Yeah. Um, and that's why I hope we're doing here. So yeah, go and back. It, yeah. It takes a slightly different uh, avenue for the ending. Mm-hmm. It changes the ending so it's more palatable for the cinematic audience. Um, and in the end, um, it, paint, it, it depicts an artist who has kind of come to terms with a lot of things and decides to kind of set out. He's leaving everything behind mm-hmm. him and he sets out on the Thames in his houseboat. Right. And it's this kind of beautiful image where you don't know if he's kind of going off to die or if he's going off to whatever is next or whatever is dry, mm-hmm. drives him, if he's just following that instinct, right. ecstasy. 
Um, and it's kind of this just beautiful moment as this houseboat goes mm. out um, through the uh, under the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that. If anyone has a chance, either the book or the movie, it's The Horse's Kevin. Mouth, uh-huh. it's fantastic, amazing. It's on Criterion Collection. Nice. It. And if it's on that, then it's... Exactly, exactly. Worth checking out. So one more, and this one has a similar ending, but this is a movie that is even more off the beaten path. Okay. It's called Housekeeping. It was 19, mid to late 1980s. Okay. It stars Christine Lottie as this uh, kind of um, uh, eccentric aunt who in the 1950s or 60s goes to uh, this north, very, very small northwestern town on the shores of a lake town's called fingerbone Mm -hmm. and this um she goes to this town to take care of her two nieces who have been um orphaned and then they were dropped with the grandmother who lived in fingerbone and then the grandmother dies and then some other aunts come in and they try and take care of her and it's just nothing works and this eccentric um transient aunt comes to take care of them and it's just this amazing uh poignant piece that meditates on the the fabric that keeps families knit together mm. in the face of a series of tremendous losses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even more so how families kind of grow together and then potentially grow apart. Right. And there's a lot more to that as well. Mm-hmm. But the film, once the eccentric aunt gets to this small town to take care of the two girls um the girls begin to grow up Mm -hmm. in her care and they begin to kind of grow apart one kind of develops a very strong affinity for the aunt and her kind of eccentricities Mm -hmm. and this romanticized transient life Mm -hmm. that she talks to her about and the other one wants to know more about a more conventional life a more secure um, life that is represented by those who are going to school, right. kind of parts of the community. And so that kind of fractures this very small family. And at the end, um, what happens is uh, the aunt's eccentricities uh, become increasingly noticed by the townsfolk and it gets mm-hmm. into the courts and the daughters are they're going to be trying to take it away. Mm-hmm. And so um, she lights off with the one girl that is kind of uh, taken in by this romantic transient lifestyle that mm. she could be a part of. And the last scene is similar to the horse's mouth. It's a scene of these two people going out, mm. in this case, across a train trestle over this lake mm. into darkness. And it's just them leaving conformity, leaving um, comfortable family life, security, right. and lighting out for who knows what. Right. And it's just this amazing scene. Yeah. And the book is just so poetic and it's just so beautiful. And each of them on their own are just these amazing pieces. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Almost sounds like uh, Sullivan Travels, Sullivan's Travels, the old um, oh. uh, Preston Sturgis movies where he mm. basically, she, she, he picks up a, a transient while kind of figuring out, he's a, um, a filmmaker and he kind of wants to do a gritty uh, drama instead of the comedies he's been doing. And he lives, uh, basically as a, homeless person jumping from train to train and meets uh-huh. uh, Veronica Lake, who is probably the, I mean, she's so glamorous, but, right. but I think she was pregnant at the time. So that's why it kind of works. So she was wearing baggy clothes. And everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it sounds like the same, like he kind of uh-huh. enjoys this kind of, uh, you know, ruffian life that, that yeah. that's out there. So and I was totally yeah. suckered in by it for the longest time. I was like, 
is it still like possible to like ride the rails? I, I don't know. But, yeah, but, I don't know if I want to try. But yeah, I mean, I had a good childhood yeah. up to you know, yeah. like a point. Sure, uh, up to that point yeah. at the least, and I was like, wow. Do I, I I didn't have a good excuse to run away, <laughs> but the idea of it just kind of like going that's, out there—that's what and books and movies responsibility do. Is, yeah. Absolutely, I was totally intoxicated. It by is. It. Yeah. Well, again, thanks as always, Malin. Cool. Okay, so we have Enrica back on the show. Hi. We're gonna do book to movie adaptations this week, and you seem very excited about this subject. So. Yes, it's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to. Uh, see a movie after having fallen in love with the book because I love watching. Right. Even when I'm like reading books, I'm envisioning in my head. I'm sure lots of people do this. Oh, yeah. Like the casting and mm-hmm. the sets yeah. and everything. Like I'm totally, I, my favorite part is casting. I'm like, what actor would play this? Right. That's always fun to do. Because um, right now I'm reading The Name of the Wind, which is a like a fantasy series. Okay. And the lead actor is like the lead character. <laughs> yeah, you're already thinking about <laughs> yeah. what it could be. Is like this tall redhead. Okay. And there's that Don Gleason. I think mm, is his mm-hmm. name. I love him. He's in everything. Right. He's in everything. <laughs> and I'm like just picturing him as this character, and it's perfect. But anyway, this is totally off topic. <laughs> no, no, this is totally on topic because it's true, and nobody's brought this up. So like when you're reading a book, I totally if you haven't if the movie hasn't been released yet, you're thinking about who could play this role. Yeah. yeah. Um. So cool. it's just so exciting signing because a lot of the times they do a really good job and I don't think they're awarded right that because you know everybody's experience is different yeah when they read a book but you bring up a good point because there's a um so all those Jack Reacher books well, oh yeah Jack Reacher in the book is like 6'4 250 yeah and Tom Cruise definitely is not so you're definitely almost be- not. better not reading the books and just liking the character as it is because if you had read all the books like my dad did yeah he's like eh, it's tough to forget that Reacher's yeah. not Tom Cruise you know five yeah eight, you know? my fiance reads all the Jack Reacher mm-hmm. books he goes through them in like a day he yeah them. they're so like addictive yeah um, we child and he saw both movies. They made two. Yeah. And he liked the character yeah. as portrayed by Tom Cruise. Yeah. The, he said, like, the physical aspects was totally off. But, yeah. like, the actual character was really and the well great. executed. And mm-hmm. the action was really exciting. Yeah. So, so I was like, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes those books, but I don't read them. I've right. never read them. Um, he wanted me to, but I was like, mm, not so much. Nah, he doesn't do it for me. I need a little more substance. That's okay. All right, so let's get anyway. into let's get into your picks. Akira got <laughs> the his opposite, picks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, Akira. The opposite of Jack Reacher is yes. probably my favorite adaptations, which are always Jane Austen adaptations. Hey. Winley has called them chick lit, so you will hear on this. I love so, chick lit. Yes. Um, I love Jane Austen. I mm-hmm. love how she worked within, you know, the oppression of the time, yeah. specifically to kind of attack women's issues and how they th- how women think, mm-hmm. you know, behind the closed doors where they have to look a certain way and act a certain way. I loved sure. it. Um, and I love the 2004 adaptation with Keira Knightley. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember the actor they chose for Darcy, but I loved mm. him. He thought he was really good, really yeah. understated performance. And, you know, everybody always loves, what's his name? The first Darcy from when they made it in 1997. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Hugh something. He oh, plays uh, Hugh Ev- Grant. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he plays like literally everyone. 
He was in Love, actually. He's oh, he's a British guy. Yes. Bridget Jones's Diary. I know who you're talking about. He played the King's Speech, right? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. King's Speech. You won an Oscar for that, I think. He's like pretty, just much, just a British, tall British guy. His Darcy to me was a little... Colin Firth. Colin Firth, of yes. course. His Dar- Darcy to me was just a little bit like mousy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He wasn't... Maybe I'm just not British. <laughs> <laughs> well, you aren't, so that's okay. That's fair. But I liked the scruff of the newer Darcy. The newer Darcy. Okay, that's oh, fair. Oh, and Mr. Bingley was perfect. Oh, it was mm-hmm. just so good. It's artistically done and beautiful and understated and all the things you expect mm-hmm. from something like it's that. Real t- it's real <laughs> tough to do, one, novels that have been written a long time ago and have yeah. so many adaptations to make it fresh, but they seem to be doing a good job with yeah. the more recent ones. So. And one thing that they did really well on that was the portrayal of, like, English um, class mm. da- uh, separations. Mm-hmm. Because one thing about, you know, the the Bennett family is they were always kind of seen as not very well off Mm. like they had all these girls and Mm -hmm. they all had to work the farm and like they didn't really have a lot but a lot of the stage portrayals and then a lot of the film portrayals kind of only paint this one version of like english high society and like don't they they were kind of scrungy you know so i like the way they portrayed that yeah they had cooks but like they were kind of not really part of the family sure um and or they were part of the family they weren't like separated off and, mm-hmm. um and there was a really clear class distinction right. between like the bennetts and then the bingleys and, and even and then the darcys which are like the next level uh-huh. anyway that, like, <laughs> that no so that's it that's a good pick so what were the other ones you have um i really liked the help okay yeah i cried mm-hmm. so hard not when I read the book, but when I watched the, the movie, movie, for some mm-hmm. reason, Viola Davis, I could Great actress. probably said this on this podcast mm-hmm. where I could watch her eat a sandwich. Yeah. Like anyone, <laughs> anything she does, I'm just like jaw on sure. floor. Oh, it was so good. I love that book. Um, I'm also a huge fan of the Hunger Games adaptations. Sure. I really liked how they cast Jennifer Lawrence, despite the fact that she's not stick thin mm-hmm. because it is articulated in the books that like yeah she's really thin because she's starving like that's the point yeah they're all very hungry so you read these books far before way before they were actually released yes okay so, i read all three on a beach in italy in so when you were reading on a beach in italy who, who was the actress you thought would have been um, the best i pictured time? like a somebody a little like paler and kind of like a Daisy Ridley-esque. Oh, I didn't have okay. like a, a specific actor in mind, mm-hmm. but it was. I think it was somebody a little more like blithe and mm. um, sleek. Okay. Jennifer Lawrence is a little more like strong. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, which I liked. I liked that they did that. It was a little mm. more uh, like this, not only is this girl like, Strong. She yep. provides for her family. Yep. She's out there hunting every day. Like we don't want like a waif, you know, right. <laughs> which is often what gets cast, and right. that's why I kind of like pictured that is because I was assuming that they would just go with what they always do, sure. which is a waif. Mm-hmm. No offense to Daisy. Sorry, waif. Yeah, yeah. Did a great job, Daisy yeah, Ridley. Yeah, you're yeah. wonderful. You yes. do a great job. <laughs> okay, what's next? Okay, okay. So the, that was the help. Yep. Hunger Games. Jane Austen. Pride and Prejudice yep. slash Jane Austen. Um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Of course. 
That's a classic. Both are classics. You the know. Godfather. Definitely the Godfather. Nobody. <laughs> Which has I finally got any. around to watching. There's one where I think a lot of people, uh, you know, especially if you didn't grow up back then, mm. you obviously saw the movie first. Um, but yeah, amazing. I mean, it's yeah. both the novel and uh, the two se- really the two good. movies. Yeah, really, really good. And they, I feel like everything these days is a starts as a starts novel. as a yeah. book. So pretty much name anything. Yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones, sure. Lord of the Rings, not The Hobbit. That's right. <laughs> not we The Hobbit that. at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not what was the iRobot? Mm-hmm. I was so bad. Isaac Asimov's rolling over in his grave. And you're not a big Twilight fan, I take it. I mean, I read the... I think there's so many problems with it, mm-hmm. like, ideologically, as a story. Okay. Um, this is even before you get into a movie. I, I read them because I'm very, like, interested in why we become, like, obsessed with these things as yeah. a culture. Mm-hmm. And it was just crazy. I mean, it's written by this clearly very sexually oppressed Mormon woman. Mm-hmm. Who has like a lot of feelings about who you should be attracted to and who you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And like literally all of the things about Edward are scary. Like he has no blood in his veins. He's stone cold. Mm-hmm. He watches her while she sleeps. He's psychologically abusive. Yeah. He's like really all of the things that you would expect a sexually oppressed Mormon woman to, think. to, to want. <laughs> Yeah. And then the opposite of that, the, the the character who, you know, nobody is really rooting for because he's not the one mm-hmm. is the werewolf. Right. Who's warm blooded and mm-hmm. like comforting and right. a friend and like respectful. Well, also a little controlling. Mm-hmm. But you remember, she's a Mormon woman. Yeah. Her, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you have to be controlled by a man. Sure. Kind of the thing. But yeah, there's all sorts of problems like feminist issues with it mm-hmm. and also just like stop doing shit that's dangerous mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know what i mean no twilight for you i don't uh, know i had yeah. problems with twilight but at the movies i you know i think they they did an okay job the cheesiness of oh, sure. the books mm-hmm. were very much captured in the cheesiness of the movies i just find it interesting that 50 shades of gray came from twilight fan fiction oh basically. i know yeah. i don't find it interesting at all yeah. i think it's all the same culture and sure. psychology of abuse where people want to be like psychologically manipulated yeah. There's a desire by the oppressed woman mm-hmm. to, like, feel that mm-hmm. reflected in a, in a in a sense of it being a kind of erotica. Because right. you can't really, you know, live, you live that way. No, it's way more to have the mommy porn fantasy. It's so crazy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not healthy. No, of course not. At all. Yeah. It's dangerous for the female psyche mm-hmm. and the female idea of sexuality to like actually read those things. Sure. Taylor Swift, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> We're going to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Enrico. You're welcome. Okay, for this week's episode, Samantha's back. Welcome back. So we're going to do favorite book to moody, (laughs) moody, favorite book to movie (laughs) adaptation. And uh, as we were discussing, as we were walking to our conference room, pretty much everything's (laughs) in book at one point, uh, it seems like. But I'm curious to hear what your favorites are. Yeah, so pretty much everything's based off of a book or a story or whatever. So I went with some classic books. Mm -hmm. I 
was um, uh, a British lit nerd for a while. I have an English degree, <laughs> so I've read these. I've read and seen every version of every Jane Austen book, of course, and the Brontes and all of those. Uh-huh. So um, I've always been partial to a good classic nineteenth-century um, um, novel Costume. adaptation. Uh-huh. Good costumes, good drama, um, funny. Um, conversations. So if any new version comes out, you're going to see it no matter what. Oh, definitely. (laughs) For sure. If it's based in the early 1800s in England, like you will find me there. Uh I don't care who made it or who's in it. Um, Yeah. So I think I've already mentioned in this podcast before, Mm -hmm. um, Pride and Prejudice, Uh uh, the 2005 version. Right. um, Because... Yeah, it just it came out when I was a teenager, and I just really loved it. Beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not the most faithful adaptation of the book. I've read the book a few times. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just... It was stylistically, and it got the tone right. Okay. It had the sarcasm and the conversational speed that you imagine the characters do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it was really great. And... Um, then the the same director he went on to make an adaptation of Anna Karenina. Oh, okay. Um, which is another book I really love. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, oh, I did not like that ap- adaptation. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when he kind of like took a book, but the movie is imagined um, to take place on a stage. So there's not much scenery. Mm. It's like this weird like shifting of spaces. And so you don't really get like, because the book is like based in Russia and that's a big part of it. Right. And um, and you do see some of like the snow and stuff, but it was just very awkwardly done. Yeah. And um, I didn't like the casting. So in both so. these cases, do you definitely, do you enjoy the book far more than these the particular versions that you picked yeah I think those are just two classic books mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed yeah. and Pride and Prejudice the movie like really lived up I just loved I love the movie okay um, but Anna Karenina no not so much and okay. I was really excited because the director of Pride and Prejudice was making that movie and I was like oh someone answered my prayers yeah. um, but I just did not like the movie I almost fell asleep <laughs> um, so what did what did that director do after Anna Karenina what else is he yeah Oh, he he's done a few things. It's Joe Wright. Okay, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else has he done? Research moment. <laughs> oh yeah, so he also made. Um, how could I forget this one? Mm-hmm. He directed Atonement as oh, well. So yeah. he's worked with Keira Knightley, and mm-hmm. so he did Pride and Prejudice first, then Atonement, okay. and then Anna Karenina. Yeah. So that's why I was like really stoked for okay. Anna Karenina. Did you like Atonement? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really loved that movie. I haven't ever been able to watch it again. Why? Have you seen no. the whole thing? No. Okay. It was another one. I read the book, and it's just the lead character is this young girl mm-hmm. who basically ruins her sister's life mm. and the guy she's seeing based during world war ii uh. um and just this girl i think she's 12 or 13 it's just i just i just can't stand what happened and i was just so frustrated <laughs> and reading the book like i've never hated a child so much <laughs> in my life um and yeah so the movie was really well done mm-hmm. i think it came out yeah in 2007 okay and um yeah so, yeah, but 
what was it? What was I saying? Oh, what yeah. else has he made recently? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he made that pan movie. That was oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Like, um, and then Nama Gels. So Interesting. I'm excited to. So it looks like he truly goes for classic yeah. tales. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, but yeah, so Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. all time favorite. I already talked about yeah. it. Um, Anna Karenina, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another classic that I love, and I think the movie, this was really um, underrated, mm-hmm. but in 2011, there was a new adaptation of Jane Eyre. Oh, yeah. The um, And it was made by um, the guy who went on to direct True Detective. Okay. So I can never remember how to say his name. It's Kerry Fukunaga. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made this new version of Jane Eyre with Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. and Mia Wasikowska. And, uh, yeah, that was another one of my favorite books when I was younger. And then I really appreciated how it was done. Um, there was a version that came out, I think, years and years and years ago. Okay. A really old one. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. So you might be messing it up. With you also really heights. like classic films, and so did yeah. you like the classic versions of these from like the '30s and the '40s? So like, no. when Greta Garbo was Anna Karenina, you didn't like that one. I think they're okay. too dry. Oh, okay. Because I really like how the modern directors have been able to make them stylistically. Mm. Like I think with the color and the, and the costumes music, yeah. and the the scores, yeah. I think the old ones seem really stuffy. Yeah. And it makes a classic book just seem very classic. Right. And they're just not as um, pretty. Yeah, that's, so. <laughs> that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like, there's the 30s version of Weathering Heights. Right. And that was another, that's another classic book that mm-hmm. I really love, but I could never get through the movie. It was just really dry. And you didn't get into any of the Dickens movies? I'm not a Dickens fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like Charles Dickens. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I like the lady author. Oh, what a Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think those are kind of my top picks. Your go-tos. Uh-huh. I really, I, uh, yeah, I love that version of Jane Eyre. I think it was beautifully done. It mm-hmm. doesn't follow, um, yeah, I like how he, he does, like, the non-chronological timeline. Mm. Um, it turned out really cool. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then, so those are kind of all grouped together. Okay. Um, one for another. Oh, actually, you I have throw two, in a foreign film. two Russian books okay, on good. here. I couldn't find a good foreign movie. I couldn't find something obscure. <laughs> um, but I did pick one kind of classic movie. Okay. Um, Dr. Zhivago. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, it's a good three hours long. Oh, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's up there with Gone with the Wind. Yes. I think in terms of... Um, length and i've never gotten through the whole book but i do love the movie three hours and 20 minutes yeah yeah i watched it all in one sitting I it's think. tough like yeah that's i think you would definitely need an intermission if you saw it yeah but theater. i just i think the acting was really phenomenal mm-hmm. in that movie and kind of the love story and i like um i really like the kind of Russian history mm-hmm. about, like, the revolution. Yeah. And it was tied into, like, the communist days. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a good classic if you need a kill of an afternoon. Right. <laughs> yes, definitely. So. Those are great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. You're welcome. Okay, so we're back with Josephine, and <laughs> you're going to have to, what's this place called? 
I'm sorry for all the French speakers out there. I think it's Voyager du Ton. There you go. So that's what we are, not at Pete's Coffee. So there you go. We're much more highbrow for this episode. So, which makes sense. Because we're going from book to movie adaptation. So your favorite uh, movies that were originally novels mm-hmm. and then have been adapted or plays, to books or maybe. plays. Very okay. good. Okay. <laughs> hint, hint. So let's get into it. What are your favorites? Okay, so first, I think it's obvious to kill a mockingbird. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. And then um, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. I have not read No Country for Old Men. Okay. I just know. But you know that you really like the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Remains of a Day. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> Never read it. Uh-huh. I loved it. I remember when it first came out, people were like, oh, it's like Howard's End. It's mm-hmm. not like Howard's End, people. <laughs> okay, it's totally different. But having said Howard's End, it's Howard's End. So going back to yes. To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. which did you do you read or watch first? I... I think I read it first, okay. and then I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the few where they're equally stellar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard to kind of have both be great, and, mm-hmm. and that one is. Yeah, and I think um, the movie did a really good job. Of, I mean, the novel it's so dense. Yeah. Because it really is a coming of age novel, so you could take it. It's just a coming of age yeah. novel. Yeah. So I think the movie did a really good job of keeping that coming of age part. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in that spirit. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So then, Remains of the Day, not the same as Howard's End, two different movies. <laughs> Having said that, though, Howard's End as well. Uh, you do yeah. like Howard's End. Mm-hmm. So I love Howard's End. That's on Netflix. <laughs> there you go. Yep, well, everyone watch it. Um, English Patient. Come on. That's Lindley's one of her favorite movies, her favorite romance movie. Oh, really? yeah. oh, I think we talked about this yeah. before because I was like, I loved it when it came out and right. I saw it again and I was like, very fine. Yeah. Uh, but, that was one where I think people who loved the novel were a little bit like, oh, who isn't faithful. But I feel like it just it captured the spirit sure. of the, the novel. Mm-hmm. I just kind of reimagined it. Did you really like the novel? I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, no, I mean, I thought the movie was beautiful as well. Yeah. Having said that, though, I forgot about this, uh-huh. but it's the same director... Uh, Anthony Mangella. He also directed uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. That's right. Yes. Which is another, also, yeah. Yeah, another novel. That's right? a good one. And then, oh my God, remakes. Let's go back. Okay, <laughs> rewind back to the remakes. Okay. Um, it, was, it was a remake of because there was a French movie called Purple Moon, which was an adaptation of talented Mr. Ripley. Okay. But I like Purple Moon better. Okay. Sorry, tangent there. Okay. <laughs> That's quite all right. Um, How to Make an American Quilt, also oh, yeah. on Netflix. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, so I read the novel, loved it. My favorite. Tinker hey. Tailor Soldiers. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah. Uh, That's um, a good one. Have you read the book? I haven't. Are you going to watch the movie? I would definitely watch the movie. Yes, yes, watch the movie. yes. It's, uh-huh. it's kind of slow. It's a slow burn. Yeah. But I think it payoffs really well. Payoffs really great. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, atonement. So atonement's one of those. I read the book, okay, and then I saw the movie. I hated them both equally. But I felt like the the, the movie. This is favorites, Josephine. Okay, okay, okay. But well, atonement's one of the that I read the novel, okay, and I saw the movie, and I didn't like either of them. Yeah. I just uh, whatever. Okay, <laughs> persuasion. Okay, yeah. Persuasion and Pride and Prejudice. Uh-huh. Um, the Little Prince. Have you no, seen the no. new uh-uh. Um, with Jeff Bridges, he's like the voice. Um, I mean, it's not the same as the book, of course, but okay. it's like it's the spirit. Mm. I capture the spirit. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Jones' Diary. That was one where I hated the book, and I saw the movie. I maybe like the book a really? little bit more. Okay. Um, but I mean, I feel like it. It 
I feel like the movie's better than the book. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then, okay, here we go with plays. And then <laughs> Gary Glenn Ross. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. oh, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. So, it, it does feel like a play. Um, mm-hmm. You can, I mean, it's pretty much set in the office the whole time, mm-hmm. so you, you can see that, but the acting is so good in that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, um, there's absolutely no action in it, pretty much at all, to the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, you don't even see. You see the aftermath of it. So. And, um... Alec Baldwin's character oh, is not, he's in, not, he's not yeah. in the play. No. He's, just, he's just in the movie. But he steals the show. People yeah. remember him. And he's basically in the beginning. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. yeah. But Jack Lemmon's such a sad sack oh. in that. So, yeah. And Jack oh. Lemmon, he can, I think I've professed my love for him so <laughs> much on this, on this podcast. Well, just the apartment alone. So, yeah. yeah. And then in Missing. Yeah. And then he can do everything. He can do the odd couple. Some like it odd. Some like it high. Uh-huh. He can do anything. Yeah. yeah. And then Wait Until Dark. Yep. I think probably one of my favorite Audrey Hepburn movies. Mm, that, like, she's blind, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then she's uh, being stalked, right? Yeah, so like terrorized, terrorized, yeah. yeah, and she can't figure out why. And it's one where there's a movie on Netflix called Hush that reminded mm. me of it. And it's one where in the beginning she's a little bit naive and very kind of like I think it went until dark. She's very um, dependent on her husband, right. right? And then she kind of comes into her own. And oh, becomes, yeah. yeah. Fierce. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> and then the last one is Nocturnal Animals. Which, right, which you have mentioned before. Yeah, too, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. 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 That's, so that's, that's That it. is a high-quality list. That's a thorough Aww. list. Good job, Josephine, <laughs> except for Atonement. We'll, we'll erase it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. erase Atonement. Don't watch that. Don't or read it. Don't, no. <laughs> if you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories.